How we doing? It's good to see you. I'm so glad you're here. I am Pastor Matt. If I've never met you before, welcome to the creek. I'd love to meet you. I'm going to be at the Welcome Center right after this service. If you're online, drop us a note. Hey, we'd love to hear from you. Um, just, uh, you know, never mind. I got a, I got a, I'm succinct and got to be on a, a tight track because we got a lot of information, a lot of scripture to cover this weekend. So I'm glad you're here. I just want to say this about uh, last weekend. Thank you. To all those who served, thank you for setting an environment for people to be loved and for, for, for really the gospel, the message of Jesus, what he did on the cross and through the resurrection. You set the table for that beautifully, and I just want to thank you from the bottom of my heart. Those of you that shuffled and changed and went to different services, thank you. It was exactly what we needed, and it was, it was just amazing to watch our Creek family at work and to see what God was doing. It was just incredible. So thank you for a wonderful, wonderful Easter weekend. It was it was a historic weekend uh, in the life of the creek, and all that's because he's good, and you guys are amazing to get to do ministry with. So thank you for that. Um, we've got a couple weeks until serve weekend, um, but until we do that, uh, we're kind of in between series on our study in John. So I wanted to do a, a shorter series and uh, and, and just kind of you know let let God show us what we really uh, what He wants to show us. So we're going to do a two week study in Colossians chapter three, um, and this is really taking really a deeper look at our relationships. Um, relationships really they have to start internally. So relationship with ourselves, with God, and then with others, because we we love to change everybody else's relationship, and we like, we wish we could change everybody else, right? Most of us think, maybe just me, think that if, if, if other people would change, my life would be much better, you know? But the reality is, God says, I've called you to change. I've got a work that I want to do in you. And so he wants to start inside and then, and then work out from that. And so it, it's really, you know, kind of a tag into Easter um, that we celebrate the resurrection. But then how do we live life in light of that? Because that should change everything. That should change how we approach life. It should change how we approach everything because of the cross and the resurrection and our life finding, finding hope in that when we submit to Christ as Lord, we become saved and we live differently. But too many people think that, that Christianity or following Jesus is kind of like the, a behavior modification program, right? Or we kind of start, let me, let me act this way and hopefully I'll grow into it. We don't possess the power to do that. We have to let a transformation happen in here to then start to work out. So I want to look at this, uh, um, a higher mindset um, and uh, dealing with godly relationships. First of all, with him and ourselves. So go to Colossians chapter 3. This is a this is section on putting on the new self. So taking off the old stuff and putting on the new. And, and it's really about change and transformation. And Paul wrote this letter. Paul is a man who was, who was just, just tearing down the church. He was absolutely against the church. And Jesus gets a hold of him one day on his way to Damascus and radically transforms his life. And, and Paul becomes a church planter and helping churches and encouraging churches. And a lot of the New Testament are letters to churches that are struggling, honestly. If you ever have people, you got mess, right? And so it's people who are struggling to live their life in light of the reality of the resurrection. 
And so we have these letters, these epistles in the word of God, and it's really God's word. It is the inspired word of God that was written through the hand of man, and, and he's speaking to us. This is timeless through generations, and, and when you talk about a foundation to build your life on, we build our life on the word because that's the foundation. So he, he's given us some doctrine in the first, first two chapters. Doctrine is just kind of like right thinking about God, right? Some understanding. And then in chapter three, he gets into some very practical applications. So it starts out with this. If then you have been raised with Christ, seek the things that are above where Christ is, seated at the right hand of God. Set your mind on things that are above, not on things that are on earth, for you have died and your life is hidden with Christ in God. When Christ, who is your life, appears, then you also will appear with him in glory. This is an emphasis on our relationship with Jesus. And there's some interesting things that we have to, we gotta kind of, we kind of lock in on a little bit, right? Because in verse three, it says, it says, we have died. You have died and our life is hidden in Christ. We have died with Christ, so when you really, you really think about it is, is he became that substitution and he took on the death, but then we associate with him in that death. I, I want to go, I'm going to bounce back and forth a little bit in this teaching between Colossians and Romans because uh, Paul also wrote this letter to the church in Rome. And I want to, I want to read this to you. This is Romans six. I'm going to start in verse six. It says, we know that our old self was crucified with him in order that the body of sin might be brought to nothing so that we would no longer be enslaved to sin for one who has died has been set free and that set free, the, the, the literal meaning is has been justified from sin. Now, if we have died with Christ, we believe that we will also live with him. So what we're learning is that when we, when we come to Christ, when we confess him as our savior, we, we submit to him as Lord, then there's something that happens, right? We share in his crucifixion because it says we have been crucified with Christ, and then it says that we, we have also been raised with him. So if you think about it, where Jesus died for us on the cross, he paid for our sins. That's the substitution, right? He, he was willing to step in and pay a debt we could never pay. So he takes it on. That's the substitution. He died for us. And then we died with him. That's an identification because he's saying you're in Christ. You're in me. He is our life, that we've died with Christ, we've also been raised with Christ, and this is all a work of the Holy Spirit. I mean, the way this happens is not by our power, but by the Holy Spirit at work within us, because he would also say this in Romans 8, 11. It says, uh, uh, if the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead, that's the Holy Spirit, that's the third member of the Trinity, if the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you, he who raised Christ Jesus from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies through his spirit who dwells in you. So what we have when we confess Christ as Lord and Jesus is our Savior, we fall on his mercy the Holy Spirit does a work inside of us. That's the transformation. We're a new creation. The old is gone, the new has come. That means we've, we've died with Christ. And we've been, we've been raised with him. And so there's things in us. I mean, if you don't believe in resurrection power, just look at the stuff that we thought we were past. Right? I mean, there are things that I feel like, ah, oh, man, I'm just so thankful, God. I don't, I don't struggle with that anymore, you know? Or, or if you're like, I feel like, 
Traffic uh, is kind of a, a microscope and a spotlight to so many of our attitudes, right? And I'll, I'll feel like I'm winning at it, right? You know, I'm just, I'm just the other day, I mean, this guy, just this guy, you know, he, 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 uh, he was weaving. I mean, he was almost hit me, almost hit like eight other people. And he just, I mean, he is tearing it up. I mean, he's hitting the shoulder. He's taking, getting in the exit only lane and then coming up. I mean, he is, and, and, and I was proud of myself because I thought from that moment, let me think of a narrative about grace. So I'm thinking, it's like, he could have just found out his wife was in an accident and he's trying to get to her. I would do that. So I need to have grace for him. So then I think I'm good, right? I got this. That's all I got to do every time. And it wasn't 30 minutes later that I nearly just lost it on somebody who pulled out in front of me. It's, it's so, there are things in me that I think are dead and then boom, they're resurrected. You know, they're like, here I am. They're like, where did, it, where, where did you come from? But that's, we, 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 we have been crucified with Christ. We've been raised with him. But then the Holy Spirit begins this work in our flesh, our sanctification. It says our life is hidden in Christ. And for our life to be hidden in Christ, that means that's where we find our security and our satisfaction. That, that what I want, my, my, the, the, the desires of my heart, I want what he wants. You think about this, the things that excite us and attract us don't belong to earth, they belong to heaven. And it's, 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 it's amazing that when we set our sights on this, that we can actually set our mind on things above, all because Christ died for us and, and, and we're raised with him. He starts out this whole section, if then you have been raised with Christ. It's, it's a little bit of a play on words because he's writing to the church. To be the church means that you have been born again, that you have been saved. I mean, not just, not just like, hey, to be a member of the creed. It, this is for us to be considered the church. The church is the body of God, right? The family of God. He said the only way into that is through salvation and the Holy Spirit makes that happen. So he's not saying if then, it's saying since then, you have done this. This has happened. It's an, it's an accomplished fact that Christ died for us. And when we place our faith in him as our resurrected Savior, we have been raised with Christ. It's an accomplished fact. You can stake your life on it. So we've been raised with Christ. We live in Christ. He's saying, set your mind on things above. You ever think about this? What makes you come alive? I mean, I can be in, I can be in conversations and, and I can just feel like, I, I can feel my mind drifting, you know, and I'll just, you know, squirrel, you know, I get all the, you know, I'm just like, I'm just gonna, okay, I, this, this, this is not exciting to me, so let me just go somewhere else in my mind. But if they bring the conversation around to something that excites me, boom, I come alive. I mean, I, I, was, I was in a funeral service this morning and we were, we were talking about a man that, that, man, you talk about somebody who loves Jesus. And one of the pastors said, 
You could be talking about anything and he's gonna get back to Jesus. And when he started talking about Jesus, he came alive. It was just like this life. I was convicted because I can I come alive at, at a lot of things. But is Jesus the number one thing that sparks it? Or am I spending too much of my time thinking about these things down here? I mean, I'm a guy in trucks. I like trucks. I mean, I grew up playing in the dirt and I just got bigger, you know? The toys got more expensive. So I can spend hours watching videos and I can, you know, I just, I love the outdoors. I love hiking. I love camping. You start talking about hiking or camping and getting outside and getting out of the city, I light up. But am I just focusing on this earthly thing? I remember sitting in Colorado on a, on a rock and just being in awe of where I'm sitting. And I remember just saying, God, this is amazing. Your creation is incredible. Because I, I go into nature and I don't, I don't worship creation. It stirs worship of the creator. And I remember sitting there and just, I felt God say, son, this is just my footstool. You ain't seen nothing yet. But I get so wrapped up on looking at what he says. He ain't seen nothing yet. And I, he's saying, set your What he's telling me, if you're gonna take a deeper look at my relationship, then look up. He says, focus on me. Because there's a lot of things around us to look at. I mean, we get so, we get so distracted. I mean, we, we were having a conversation, uh, several pastors, and we were just, we were talking about um, how long we, we teach, you know? And, and some teach an hour, you're welcome. <laughs> I've been in church service the last two and a half hours, you're doubly welcome. <laughs> and I just, I was just, we started talking about like, it's so hard. I was like, how do you teach that long? I said, I can't even pay attention that long, and I'm teaching. I mean, if you knew the conversations that were going on in my head right now, I mean, I'm not, I can't, I'm not like Heather rocking multitask, but there's an inner monologue that's always going, you know, and it's just kind of like, am I going to listen to it right now or I'm not, you know, it's, so there's always something going on that's distracting because there's so many things that catch our focus and we start looking at these things like, oh, this is shiny, this is good. And God's saying, look, look, you've been crucified with Christ. You've been raised with Christ. Start looking at Christ. He is seated at the right hand of the Father. Look up and get your focus on him. Set your mind on things above. What that means, the literal translation on set your mind on things above is this. Habitually set your mind and attention to things that are above, that are higher than we are. And I mean, I've, I've met people that, I've met people that think about heaven and it, 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 it's encouraging to me. But I've also seen people where they're, you know, D.L. Moody said it this way, don't become so heavenly minded that you're no earthly good. Because if our focus is on heaven and our focus is on Christ and we're, we're looking up, it's gonna lead us to make an impact to people around us, right? But, but we'll get there in a minute. We gotta we got, we got start here. So, so it, it means this. It means in, in a practical everyday life, we get our direction from Jesus. We look at earth from heaven's point of view. And he will give us the wisdom 
to do that. He will make it real for us. And how, how do we do that? We, 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 we seek and we set. I think we seek and we set. So seek, think about it this way. We desire, we actually hunger and thirst for the things of God. We, we want to know Jesus. We want to know the ways of Jesus because as disciples, we're called to follow Jesus. So we want to learn. We want to, what, what would he do? How would he re- respond? How would he handle this situation? We have the benefit of asking him all the time. So we, we seek his ways, not our ways, and then we set we set and we live them out. And I think when Jesus, you look at the whole reason Jesus came to earth was to, was to be the, the, the lamb sacrifice for our sin. And there's a moment in his ministry that the, that the gospel says this, he set his face to Jerusalem. He became singularly focused on Jerusalem because he knew his time had come and he knew what was gonna happen. What we are called to do when we, when we learn, we study, we follow Jesus, we set our face to him. Where is he? He's seated at the right end of the Father. So we set this in our, in our life to begin to do that. And then he, since we share in Christ's death and his resurrection, there are some things that, that, that God calls us to put to death. He, he'll, he'll go on and he'll, he'll, say, uh, he'll say, put to death, therefore, what is earthly in you. And this is hard, okay? This is, this, is the, this is the tough part of the word of God because it's, it's, going, to, it's going to turn here and we've got to deal with some things. It's easier to have conversations about so many other things, but here's the reality. If you want a healthy garden, you got to pull the weeds. And I hate pulling weeds, but I got a lot of them. I mean, there, I've tried so many things. I've tried sprays. I've tried all kinds of stuff. I've tried organic things to kill weeds. And, and I, you know, the, the best thing I could do is burn them, you know. But that's what I'm asking God to do in me, right? God, I need you to do this. Because he, he says this, put to death, therefore, what is earthly in you, sexual immorality, impurity, passion, evil desire, and covetousness, which is idolatry. On account of these, the wrath of God is coming. In these, you too once walked when you were living in them, but now you must put them all away. Anger, wrath, malice, slander, and obscene talk from your mouth. Do not lie to one another, seeing that you have put off the old self with its practices and have put on the new self, which is being renewed in the knowledge after the image of its creator. Here, there is not a Greek or Jew, circumcised, uncircumcised, barbarian, Scythian, slave, free, but Christ is all and in all. That means we're all on level ground, okay? Every one of us. And that, the, the, look, the list of sins is not exhaustive here because I, you know, my calling is not to list off all the sins of people. It's to point to the hope because he says, these are things you put to death because you have been Crucified with Christ because you have been raised with Christ. What, what he's saying is like, take this moment and, and, and begin to look in because now we've got to start doing some internal work. And this is where a lot of us, I can't say a lot, I struggle. It's kind of like, it's kind of like working out. I, I, I won't lift as heavy and I won't do as many reps because I don't want to. But when I work with a trainer, 
he's gonna make me lift heavier and he's gonna make me do more. I mean, he's gonna push me to that point of puke. You know, some of y'all know what I'm talking about. I'm not pushing myself that hard. But when we come across this, we, 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 we back up, right? Because we like to take verses like this and do this. We like to judge everyone else on their actions and ourselves on our intentions. Well, I think I'm a pretty good person. No, no, no. Every one of us, we find ourselves born in sin, level ground, level ground. He says some things here. He says, you know, you've got to put to death these things because we have been made alive in, in Christ. And, and I'm gonna switch back over here to Romans uh, for just a second. This is Romans chapter eight. Listen to this. This is, how, this is how we can get in on this. For those who live according to the flesh set their minds on the things of the flesh, but those who live according to the spirit set their minds on the things of the spirit. For to set the mind on the flesh is death, but to set the mind on the spirit is life and peace. For the mind that is set on the flesh is hostile to God, for it does not submit to God's law. Indeed, it cannot. Those who are in the flesh cannot please God. So what he's saying is, is this is what you were. Now, let's start living as you are. Because he says, you walked in these things. They became a, a practice. We, this was our life. He, and then he says, you know, don't lie to one another. But listen to what he says. You have put off the old self with its practices and have put on the new self. So, so think of it this way. It's, it's, it's like changing clothes. <laughs> when I met Heather, I was, I was GQ, man. I was style. She changed my clothes. <laughs> I'll just give you an insight. The coolest outfit that I thought I had <laughs> was I <laughs> You know I'm going, don't you? I found some purple jeans <laughs> at the outlet mall. There's a reason there's purple jeans at the outlet mall, right? Because now, I mean, now we got outlet malls. They're like, oh, well, let's go feel like we're saving money. When I grew up, the outlet mall, if you bought a pair of pants, it might have a collar. Because it meant somebody screwed up when they were making it. That's how they ended up at the outlet stores when I grew up. And so I found purple jeans. Mm. And to match, a green T-shirt. <laughs> and then the shoes custom made. I did splurge on the shoes. Custom made blue suede shoes. Can you imagine that? It looked like a Technicolor Skittle puke. Is that about right? I think that's about right. And Heather's like, I remember showing up one time and I had long hair and I had a bandana and she looked at me and she's like, uh-uh. <laughs> that day, I lost a pair of purple jeans, <laughs> a green T-shirt, and blue suede shoes. Heather changed my clothes, but she also changed my life. That's, see, that's what God's doing. We think we got it together. 
And then God says, no, 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 we got to change your clothes. Think about it. Jesus, when he was resurrected, if you notice what the gospel of Luke tells us, that Jesus left the grave clothes. I mean, he, he folded them up. He put them right there. And that's a statement to everybody who saw the empty tomb that day. I don't need to wear that. Look at, look at Lazarus. When, when Jesus called Lazarus out of the grave, he steps out. It says that he was still bound up. And Jesus commanded his friends, unbind him. Get the grave clothes off of him. Change his clothes. Look at the prodigal son. His father sees him coming from a long way off. The father runs. He greets him. And the prodigal son still smells like the pigsty. And he's doing his rehearsed speech. Father, I've sinned against you. And, and he's like, stop. This son that was dead is now alive. He's like, go get my best robe. Because he's got to change clothes. That's what God does for us. He takes off the grave clothes. He says, all those things, all those sins that so easily entangle us, that's nothing but wear and death all the time. And God says, that's out of style since the cross. So come on, let me, let me, let me dress you. Let me hook you up. Put on the new self. And the, the, the thing is, is we've got to start asking God to show us this. It, we've got to pray the dangerous prayers like David prayed. Psalm, Psalm 139, search my heart, oh God. Reveal it. We're asking God, you know what's in there. Would you show me what's in there? And then would you help me deal with what comes out of there? And he's faithful every time. Because that's his grace for us. That's his love for us. So he tells us what to put on. Put on then as God's chosen ones, holy and beloved. I love that he calls us holy and beloved there. Because when, when the father spoke over Jesus at his baptism, he said, this is my beloved son. Do you know that what, what Paul's trying to help us understand? He says, here's what you put on. God has chosen you. You are holy and beloved. Put this on. Compassionate hearts kindness, humility, meekness, and patience, bearing with one another. And if one has a complaint against another, forgiving each other as the Lord has forgiven you, so you must also forgive. And above all these, put on love, which binds everything together in perfect harmony. And let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, to which indeed you were called in one body. And be thankful. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly, teaching and admonishing one another in all wisdom, singing psalms and hymns and spiritual psalms with thankfulness in your hearts to God. And whatever you do in word or deed, do it everything in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. He's telling us what to put on. He says, put on compassion, put on kindness, put on humility, put on meekness, put on patience, put on forbearance, put on forgiveness. And he says, the greatest of these is love. Because love covers a multitude of sins. Love binds us together in harmony. Love is the very character and nature of God because God is love. We love because he first loved us. He says, put that on. If you're gonna get anything right, get that on. Put love on. And he says, put peace on. The peace of God and, and thankfulness. 
And the, the, the crazy thing that I, that I look at this list, I can't, I can't buy those things. I can't make them. Now, I remember growing up, you know, my mom would make clothes for me. <laughs> well, speaking of clothes and changing clothes, when I was in middle school, it was an MC Hammer is really popular. Hammer pants. I had homemade hammer pants. I look more like Alibaba than uh, MC Hammer, but, but you know what I mean? But I sported those hammer pants. Anyway, but I, listen, you can't, I don't know why I shared that. People are not going to look at me the same way anymore. You're going to have you dress me every time anyway now. So uh, if I look good, she did it. If I look bad, I did it. You'll know when she's out of town. God clothes us with these. These are his gifts. These are the fruit that he cultivates in our life. That as we press into him, and he begins to clothe us with love. He begins to give us a peace that we, don't, we can't understand. He stirs up a heart of thankfulness and God, I feel like God asks me this often, and maybe it's because I do get sidetracked, but he'll say, what are you thankful for today? Tell me, tell me what you're thankful for. I think he's reminding me, son, I've given you a garment of praise. And the way we stir up praise is through a heart of gratitude. And to only see the wardrobe he wants, I've got to start looking in and dealing with it. Instead of, it's the log and the speck, right? Because it's so easy to look around and go, well, well look at that. I mean, like that. well, I don't drive as bad as that guy. I mean, obviously, I'm not going to drive like that. Obviously, that's, you know, that's not what I do. But he's saying, I'm not asking you to do that. I'm asking you to invite me into your space to begin a work in you. Then, then we can look out. It's in that order. Look up, look in, then look out. Because when we're clothed the way God wants to dress us with the resurrection of Jesus, since the accomplished fact that we have died with Christ and we've been raised with him, since we share in his life, since our life is hidden, since we understand who we were and he saved us, and since he has clothed us and we understand the clothes that we are wearing, then we can go. Then we can start looking out. We put off the earthly things, put on the things above, and listen, you guys, we are all dressed up and we got somewhere to go. I mean, look at, look at how he's telling us. We go into the world, look, in whatever you do, in word or deed, do everything in, in the name of the Father, in word or deed. That, that just means let the walk and the talk come together, right? Because otherwise we become... Hypocrites. 
Do as I say, not as I do. Let me teach you about a life <laughs> I, I ain't walking. But he's saying in word and deed, let those things come together. And then look what happens in verse 16. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly, teaching and admonishing one another in all wisdom. So there's, there's the one another's. But how do we do it? How do we admonish each other? In love, in all wisdom, singing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs with thankfulness. That's, that, that sounds like church to me. That sounds like family to me. That family is a safe place for us to, to come together for iron to sharpen iron. Let, let, let this be the soundtrack, right? The psalms and the hymns and the spiritual songs. Let those be the soundtrack to our life because that's attractive. And then we engage in going out and doing what Jesus called us to do. Go, the Great Commission, go into all the world and make disciples. How do we make disciples? We, 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 we follow Jesus with our minds and our hearts set on him. That's the change. That's the transformation and the growth God wants in us. And the Holy Spirit comes in and he just doesn't work. And if we'll let him, if we'll yield that, then it's amazing. Because just here's what I've learned. He works in me. And when I experience grace, I want to live for him. When I experience peace, I want to walk in obedience. When I experience this resurrected life that he gives me, I want my life to reflect the glory and honor of him, not me. I want Jesus to do a work in me. I want him to change my heart and change my mind so I can let that change work outward. I can let it work upward. Let's pray. God, we desire you. We need grace. We need peace. We need your life. We need salvation. And you call us to life by grace through faith. Help us. Search us. And God, in your grace, would you lead us to put off the things that keep us from the fullness of your glory and your presence? Would you put on us minds and hearts that are set above, minds and hearts that are set on you? Because God, we confess to you, none of this is about us. It's all about you. We love you pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. I love you guys.